Well, this is Trice Talk Minipod for Monday night, October the 18th, 2021, and I'm your host, Donald Wayne. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Minipod, where my conservative viewpoints are likely to be evident regardless of the subject matter. However, I am not, I am not one of those conservatives that does, uh, I'm not one of those conservatives that tries to tell you how to live your life. I'm sorry. I was <laughs> got confused here in, in my uh, in my opening. Likewise, unless I'm using articles from online services, the comments expressed on this show are my opinion and are in no way intended to tell you how to think, act, or conduct yourself in today's world. All right, well. See if I can mess up something else as I go along here. I appreciate you, uh, like I said, tuning in tonight or listening to this episode of Trice Talk Mini Pod. Um, I got a, a fairly large article to address uh, that I came across um, yesterday, actually, and, and almost did this one last night. But, um, all right, as the music winds down there in the background. Uh, so, like I said, this article is fairly long. It's got a lot of items, a lot of information in it that I want to share with you. And some of these things you may have already heard on various programs uh, on TV, cable, or even if you listen to um, uh, talk shows uh, on the radio. So, um, I'm going to do something that I've never done before on Tri's Talk, and that is have a two-part episode. Now, um, like I said, the reason for doing that is because it, it's, it's such a long article with lots of stuff that I want to share with you, so I'm going to break it up in two, into two episodes. Uh, tonight will be part one. Um, because I could spend two hours on this subject and you probably wouldn't want me to, but I, I could, because each one of the things I want to share with you, uh, I certainly have <laughs> a take on or an opinion on, but, uh, this is a mini pot after all. And even though I've had some of them run longer than the original concept of mini pods, I've some of them. Actually, I've been averaging about 45 minutes to an hour on many of them uh, here in the last few weeks. So I'm going to try and stay within my mini pod guidelines or at least the expanded versions. Uh, but hopefully it won't take, you know, as much time as uh, I have been spending lately to get this first part uh get this first part done of this, of this particular subject. So I want to share information from an article that I found on Mike Huckabee's morning edition newsletter from October the 14th, a few days ago. And, um, as you've heard me say numerous times, Huckabee's newsletter newsletters share links to other articles that uh, he often comments on them. Sometimes he'll just have a, a couple of lines or two, and sometimes he'll do a couple of paragraphs. Uh, just 
I guess I'm really not sure why he decides to do that with some things. Maybe he's more opinionated about some of the articles that he shares with us than others. But this particular article is titled 42 Things to Worry About. Now, that in itself doesn't tell you what it's about because um, there's an awful lot of things in life that we could say we need to worry about. But uh, as this is primarily a political or a social show, if you will, uh, you know this got to be about politics. Uh, but anyway, in Huckabee's introductory piece, if you will, he gives a few brief examples of what is in a, a letter or report, uh, not really sure what it is, but it's from the Republican Study Committee chairman, Jim Banks, and he's addressing it to the Republican Study Committee members. And it's regarding the reconciliation roundup. Now, he titles his report, I have to settle on uh, calling it something, so I'm going to call it a report, but he, he calls it Policies to Wreck America. And what he's doing is is talking about the and I'll just give you a little little intro here before I get into his intro but it's it's about the 3.5 trillion dollar uh bill that congress is what would would you, would we say uh <laughs> they're tossing it back and forth right now um I guess they thought when they wrote this thing that they were going to be able to pass it. They must have really, uh, I don't know. I guess somebody didn't wet their finger and stick it up in the air to see which way the wind was blowing because I maybe here's my true belief on this. I don't think the Democrats thought, I I think they thought if they could pass this bill quickly, that the American public would never know what's in it until it's already passed. And then, even then, if you depend on mainstream media, you would never know what's in this damn thing. But because of the infighting and because of, thank God for Joe Manchin and Christian Cinema, that it didn't go as quickly as they thought it might. And some other, other people, too, probably put uh, uh, a wrench in it as well. So this is the policies that he's talking about. And what he's doing here is going to talk about a number of these items that are in the bill. Of course, I think I said, oh gosh, I can't remember exactly how many pages were in it. I know it was, I want to say it's in like 2,400 pages, I believe, if I remember correctly, in this bill. Can you imagine someone telling you you've got, a, a week or two to read 2,400 pages. Um, I, I don't even know if they gave them that long. But there's everything. The best way for me to describe this bill, and I actually, when it first was proposed, I went online and I started looking at some things. I found a site that somebody some somebody had posted is a good place to go, and it's it's huge. Uh, but I've zeroed in on some specific things that were in the bill at that particular time. I was concerned more about the voting rights bill, uh, the way they were trying to affect the voting rights in this country. So I, I 
keyed in on that particular section. I mean, but it it has a um, um, it it has when you see it, it has the effect of reading the instructions uh, to one of the most complicated. I don't know pieces of machinery you could ever find. I mean, it, it, it's not a good read folks. Uh, so you have to be patient and you have to, you know, kind of go into it knowing that, Oh, I, I how am I ever going to get through this? So, um, that's why I went that to that particular, uh, section regarding voting rights. But this particular report to his, um, uh, Republican, uh, colleagues is just kind of outlining at least uh, there's 42 items that he's going to address in this report. And again, we're doing a part, uh, a two parter here. So I'm only going to do 21 of them tonight, but, um, anyway, let me get into his introduction to it and then I'll go into these specific items. He starts out. We as congressional Republicans have an urgent duty to tell the truth about what's really in the Democrats 3.5 trillion big government socialist takeover and warn the American people what's coming. This bill is a disaster and should be polling at 20%. We all know it. So how can we explain the 52 to 55% approval it's garnered in the polls? The chief reason that that it keeps polling favorably is because we haven't done a good job enough, uh, enough good enough job letting the American people know what's in it. Here's what happens to public opinion when the public learns what's in these Democrat bills. In March, before Democrats' $1.9 trillion package passed, 70% of Americans said that they favored it. Polled again in August. Five months after the bill was enacted, only 35% of Americans said the bill was helping improve the economy or will do so in the future. To be fair, this is the Democrats' strategy. They've played hide the ball with the bill text so as not to tip off the public as to what they're putting in their bills. Then they bring it to the floor and tout some poll numbers and scare their members into voting for it. Luckily, due to Democrats' stalled legislative agenda, we have bill text and a window into their plan. If we effectively communicate about this bill, we'll see those poll numbers drop. I've directed staff at the Republican Study Committee to... Committee. I just created a new word. Republican Study Committee... I'm going to say it again. Doesn't make it a word. To pour over the bill's pages and produce for you a summary of the worst parts of the bill. So he, he, he directed some of his staff to get into different aspects of the bill, things that probably should scare us the most. Please read and share these points on social media, newsletters, opinion editorials, and whatever other format you use to get your message out. All right. So, Chairman Jim Banks is pushing his committee members to start talking and sharing the specific issues contained in this mega bill. That fancy Nancy is again urging members of the House to pass, even though it is doubtful that Democrats or Republicans have thoroughly read the bill to understand 
understand what is in it. Just like Obamacare. And I'm surprised that that so many people in this country ever even got over Nancy Pelosi's statement about Obamacare that we got to read it, we got to pass it so we can find out what's in it. Who in the hell operates that way? And after saying, you know, if, if any Republican had made that statement back at that time, that would have almost been political suicide for them, I would imagine because it would be perceived by the left Democrats, whatever, as being trying to put something over on the American public. Well, they're trying to hide things from you, uh, conceal things so they can sneak their agenda in there. That's the way they play the game. No logical person would accept that logic that Nancy Pelosi threw out there that day. Well, they're basically trying to do the same thing here, folks. First of all, I'm bothered. I am bothered, been bothered for years at the enormous size of some of these bills and why in the hell we can't. Well, I know why I can answer my own question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I'm going to throw it out there. Why in the hell we can't have bills that are specific to certain issues and they stand, they have to stand alone. You cannot tie them to other bills. If you have something about, um, uh, infrastructure, only things that are, are mechanical, physical structure, uh, physical structure. What I say infrastructure <laughs> can be included in that. You can't have a bill about, uh, giving money to Puerto Rico attached to a bill about infrastructure. But this is what our people in Washington, D.C. have been doing for so many years, and we've been allowing them to do that. They work for us. We should be telling them how to do these things. First of all, it doesn't make sense, except my answer that I'm going to give you here in just a minute, which if you've listened to to me talk on trash talk before many pods, you know what I'm going to say probably already, but every, and, and they could pass or they, they could be processed so much quicker. If you just do a bills for specific things, if you need a bill on healthcare, it should only be on healthcare. It shouldn't be tied to the price of rubber. In Alabama, it shouldn't be tied to a disaster bill for California forest fires or whatever. It should be specific. It'd be faster to write. It would be faster to, to, uh, to deliberate and should be faster to vote on. And then you can see actually what people are doing for the country that are specific to certain needs. But what they do, the reason they do what they do is because they throw this crap in these bills that they know wouldn't have a chance in the hell of passing if it was done on its own. And that's plain and simple. 
because as I go through these things, and there will be some more tomorrow night, or not tomorrow night necessarily, but the next episode, that'll just blow your mind. If you have not seen some of these already, it'll blow your mind. And they cram all of this stuff into a bill. And, and so much of this stuff doesn't have anything to do with infrastructure. But, you know, the Democrats have created a new language in, in the last five years, and especially since Joe Biden's had his creepy old ass in, in, in office. They're renaming everything. They're reclassifying everything. They're changing the English language. But they put this stuff in these enormous bills because they want to get things in there that will garner them points with their supporters or their financial backers or whatever that they know wouldn't have a stone's chance of passing on their own. And we as American voters and taxpayers should be upset that they do that because it is a trick. It's not honest. It's a trick because we have a right to know what's in these bills. Number one, I think it should be a law that they cannot vote on a bill until it's been out in the public for, you know, except emergency stuff. And I'm talking about serious emergency stuff. It's been in the public at least two, three weeks. So people can see what's in there. And then they can tell their congressman or their their senator, yes, I want you supporting this. No, I don't want you supporting this piece of crap. Well, thank you very much, Google Chrome. So, but that would be suicide for them, political suicide, because then it would ruin all of their power. You know, they want the power. We give them the opportunity to represent us and then they take it upon themselves to amass all of this political influence and power and money and they don't want us involved in the process we should be they're our voice right they're our voice they go there to vote our will to represent us and we should be we should be on the front line of knowing before they vote on something what they're voting on so we can express our opinions to them and let them know under no certain terms this is what we favor this is what we do not but they're not going to do that folks they're not going to do it because it would take away from their power it would take away from their ability to pass garbage and make us pay for it. Like all, and I know I harp on this all the time. Solyndra, Solyndra. Remember that name. It should bounce around in your head because Obama wasted millions of dollars on Solyndra that went belly up. Oh, and that was a that was a green green energy job too, right? Going to do so much good for the country. Yeah. People got rich and then the American people got the shaft. 
All right. So that's that's why. Um, all right. So if you want to take note on any of these items that I'm going to talk about tonight, um, there are going to be certain items. I think most of them, except for a, one or two, have, uh, I'll give you page numbers that reference the pages that they can be found on in the actual bill. So uh, I encourage you, if any of these things touch on stuff that you're interested in, that you write these numbers down so you can uh, look these up because you can go online and see the bill, uh, or at least you could the last time that I looked. But because uh, what I'm going to give you here is just a um, kind of a short version and probably skewed just a little bit by by the Republicans' take on this, but still, it, you know, the the main gist of the the, the item is there. It's just might contain a little bit of a uh, <laughs> little humor or a little sarcasm in it, and I may add some of my own as well as we go through. So the page numbers, if I give you a page number, I'll tell you what they are, and then I would encourage you to look at them if you're interested in that particular item at all. Um, all right, so let me get started with this. Item one, it perpetuates labor shortage. And this, this is, uh, these are all of, uh, taken from his report. So this is Jim Banks, uh, wording on all of these items, I would imagine, or the staff that put it together for him, uh, one or the other continues welfare benefits without work requirements for able-bodied adults without dependents at a time where there are 10.1 million job openings more openings than there are people looking for work. So I know you've heard about that one on the news. Welfare benefits um, that many, well, that the federal government actually wants to extend to people uh, without a work requirement. And I know there was a, a discussion about this uh, at least a week ago talking about uh, Bill Clinton time in, in the White House. And at least, you know, <laughs> I'd take Bill Clinton back today over Joe Biden in, uh, any day. But at least Bill Clinton agreed with the Republicans, or he was forced to agree with the Republicans back in the 1990s. I think it was 96, 97, somewhere around there, that they tied welfare into work requirements in most circumstances. In other words, welfare would not be a lifetime situation for people, and it should not be. All right, number two, commissions a climate police. What in the hell? We want to do away with, Democrats want to do away with many uh, police departments or at least scale them back and change their makeup but now they want to create a climate police. Democrats stuffed $8 billion into the bill to commission a cabal of federally funded climate police called the Civilian Climate Corps, the CCC. Got a lot of Cs. 
who would conduct progressive activism on taxpayers' dime. Now, the references to these can be found on pages 8, 21, and 926 of this bill. And it'll go into more detail. Number three, pushes Green New Deal in our public schools. Requires funding for school construction be used largely on enrollment diversity and Green New Deal agenda items. That's on page 55 of the $3.5 trillion bill. Um, you know, I talk about this all the time. And every time I see something like this, I cannot but help but think about the things that uh, Barack Obama's administration wasted on Green New Deal companies. The problem is, here, here's, here's my problem with it. The government is the most inefficient way in, in, in our country to spend money. Number one, they don't earn it, so they have no respect for it. They, they dole it out like, like they inherited the money from somebody in their family, you know? Uh, yeah, it's a million here, a million there. You know, now it's not even millions anymore. It's hundreds of millions or it's billions of dollars. And then they squeak in into the trillions. But they give these contracts to people. And I'm sure uh, it, it talks here about diversity. So, you know that they're not going to spend this money wisely. They never do. Um, number four pushes Green New Deal in our universities. Democrats include a $10 billion environmental justice, higher education slush fund to indoctrinate college students and advance Green New Deal policies. Page 1,935. You can find a reference to that. Really? You know, folks, we're changing the whole concept of education in this country. You know, we used to teach people or our kids things that would help prepare them for being out in the world uh, to get better jobs uh, and in many cases to go on to college if they want to. But we, we teach them things, you know, things that help them think, help them to reason, help them to uh, figure out many of life's issues on their own. But Democrats have decided that's not good enough. We need to teach them diversity. We need to teach them racial equality. We need to cram all this other stuff into education because they want to make sure that you get the spin on it that they want you to have. Which is ironic since Democrat, the Democrat Party was the very one that was responsible for the majority of our uh, racial social ills for so many decades in this country. But it seems like a lot of people forget about that, right? So we're going to give universities billions of dollars so that they can indoctrinate students in climate policies. 
Green New Deal policies. That's where your taxpayer money is going. Number five, forces faith-based child care providers out. The bill blocks the ability of many faith-based providers from participating in the child care system and lead to many of our and many closures of these faith-based child care providers. This can be found on page 280. Well, certainly they want to eliminate, they don't want uh, Christian schools to have child care. My God, we, they want control over these little ones. You know, as soon as they're old enough to start their little brain, start sponging in everything they can, you know, they want to be on the forefront and, and heaven forbid, if they go to a Christian school where somebody might instill some Christian values in their little minds. That should piss off two-thirds of this country. Number six, hurt small and in-home daycares. Requires pre-K staff to have a college degree. Page 303. Now, I'm not totally against that. I'm not totally again. I'm, I'm against a requirement. Okay. Jeez, come on, Google Chrome, give me a break. I'm not against, uh, you know, a movement to to have that as much. But I am. There's got to be exemptions for it. Because there's a lot of small daycare uh, facilities in this country. Um that there's no way that they could they could uh, accommodate something like that it's going to put them out of business and you know their ones typically the smaller ones are ones that people with low income depend on because they're going to charge less you put somebody in there with a college degree uh you get into these larger ones and if they have to have you know a, a entire staff of college educated uh, people dealing with their kids in pre-K, then um, that's going to be out of out of the the pay scale realm for many small daycares in this country. Yeah, there should be uh, more stringent rules, and there are issues with some of these smaller daycares, and there have been in the news over the last, uh, I'd say, the last ten years or so. But still, a lot of people, low income, depend on some of these smaller ones. And you get, you get a, a staff in there, two, three, four people that have to have college degrees in order for them to have pre-K in there. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to hang around, stay in business. So then where did these people in low income go? Oh, we don't have to worry about it. The federal government's going to pay for the daycare anyway, right? I mean, that's, that's the direction they're going in. So maybe, maybe in, if you look at it that way, it doesn't really matter. All right. Now, number seven gets into one of my favorite subjects. Number seven includes new incentives for illegal immigration. Illegal immigrants 
will be eligible to take advantage of Democrats' new free college entitlement. Page 92 on this $3.5 trillion bill. As well, be eligible for additional student aid. Page 147. And the enhanced child tax credit. Page 1,946. Well, well, well. So people that have not been in our country for a number of years, been paying taxes for a number of years, can basically come in here and we're going to give them a bunch of shit for free. And you hear Democrats sometimes say, oh, they're, they're, they're going to be paying their way. They're going to be paying their way. Well, if you start in the middle, you'll never pay your way. But the federal government's not paying for this, folks. People who work for a living actually have to work for a living and pay taxes, pay sales taxes, whatever, whatever kind of taxes that you pay, which most of us pay quite a bit of taxes. We're paying for that. We're paying for that. You may not be able to afford to send your own child or your own children to college, but you'll be proud to know that all of your money that you're sending or money that you're sending to Washington, DC is going to help fund the college education for people who come here illegally. And not only that, it'll provide them with student aid, help them get their books, probably other services as well. And if they have kids, they'll get a checks, checks, child care tax credit as well. Number eight includes legislative hole for Biden's vaccine mandate. Not sure what a legislative hole is, but increases OSHA's penalties on businesses that fail to implement the mandate mandate up to $700,000 per violation and includes $2.6 billion in funding for the Department of Labor to increase enforcement on these of these penalties. That's on page 168 of this $3.5 trillion bill. If you notice, uh, there'll be a number of things talked about on this bill that increases the federal payroll. And what have we talked about on, on many pods before? The federal government doesn't create money in this country. They're not jobs that create money, create wealth. They're basically sponges. Yes, they are. There's many of them that are necessary, but our federal government and even state governments are some of the worst offenders of mismanaging money of any institutions in this country. That is an opinion. I don't have any facts on that. But you can see it almost everywhere you go. Number nine gives unions near total control. 
we have a we have a budget bill that's going to do something for the unions. So you people who don't belong to unions and you pay taxes, you're going to be helping unions. The bill includes insane prohibitions that would bind employers' hands in union disputes and dangerously tilt the balance of power, subjecting employers to penalties that exempt union bosses and officials. Among other things, this bill would prevent employers from permanently replacing striking workers. That's on page 175 of this bill. It coerces businesses to meet union bosses' demands by increasing Fair Labor Standards Act penalties by an astronomical 900%. And that's on page 168. I don't know how you increase anything 900% and somebody think that's a good idea. Number 10, makes unions bigger and more powerful. The bill would subsidize union dues that would only serve to strengthen the influence of union bosses and not American workers. That's on page 2,323. They stuck that way towards the back, didn't they? This bill would subsidize union dues. Can you wrap your head around that? Can you wrap your head around that? You're an American worker paying taxes. You don't belong to a union. You may not believe in unions. And I'm, I'm not an anti-union, but I, I don't think unions should be in every job category in this country. If it is, well, you might as well let, keep all the legal south of the border because that ain't going to work. But you're going to subsidize union dues? Really? Think about that. Number 11, pushes Democrats' wasteful and confusing school lunch agenda. This one is, this one is a peach. $643 million for, among other things, procuring culturally appropriate foods. That's on page 333. Okay, I'm not anti-lunch program, folks, okay? I, I don't have a problem with that. Unfortunately, there's lots of kids in this country, lots of school-age kids that, you know, for one reason or another, can't afford or don't have the money to, um, to have a decent lunch at school. I'm not against that. I remember going to school... And on times when I didn't have lunch money and there was nothing there for me to take, I didn't get lunch. And I would just sit there and tell people I wasn't hungry. In those days, uh, I think towards the end, I think they did create a system where you can actually owe uh, the, uh, you can go through and get a, a charge, basically uh, an account, as long as your parents paid it towards the end. But, you know, Pretty much uh, for many years when I went to school, you didn't have the money with you. You didn't take your lunch. You didn't eat lunch. And I'm not saying that's the way to go. But now we're going to spend millions of dollars for culturally appropriate foods. I mean, if you got some 
cultural issues about what food your kids are eating at school, um, then you need to be fixing their damn lunch and make them take it. It's not the American taxpayer's job to go in and start making sure, you know, that we provide this wide variety of foods for the different cultures that might be going to school. Not for free, folks. Not for free. You can't make this stuff up. You cannot make this stuff up. It went from helping kids have a healthy, decent lunch to now we're going to get international cuisine for them at the taxpayer's expense. There's no end to what they're going to spend money on because they don't earn it. Number 12, furthers radical abortion agenda. Uh, this bill does not include the Hyde Amendment and would mandate taxpayers pay for abortions, page 198 and page 336. We've, you know, I'm not going to get into talking about abortion here, but I think the Hyde Amendment, if I'm not mistaken, um, has to do with whether or not uh, they should, uh, uh, abortion should be funded by taxpayer money or not in general. But so now, Democrats want taxpayers to pay for abortions for anybody, for any reason, regardless of how you feel about it religiously or whatever. I could probably do a show on abortions if it, because I'm, I'm not, I don't go down the strict Republican line that it has been for years about the abortion issue, but I have a problem with certain aspects and this bill, um, this particular item in this bill is, is an opening a door or that we shouldn't be opening in my opinion. Number 13 drives up cost on Americans, America's utility bills issues, a punitive methane tax on page 367 and includes a tax on natural gas up to $1,500 per ton that could cost the American economy up to $9.1 billion and cost 90,000 Americans their jobs. That's on page 368. Um, that one I might want to look into because I'm, I'm not sure how that's going to cost Americans jobs. Number 14 includes dangerous and deadly green energy mandate. Effectively forces Americans to get 40% of their energy from wind, solar, and other unreliable forms of energy within eight years. Reliance on these energy sources have has proven deadly. This is on page 392. Now I would imagine that 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 deadly statement is a reference to the uh, the extreme temperature 
cold temperatures we had in Texas this past winter, where the state's reliance on windmills, uh, the ones that froze up, you know, so when the windmills froze up, they had a problem generating enough electricity and there were a lot of black, uh, blackouts, blackouts. And, uh, there were some deaths because of the frigid temperatures. So, um, that's probably what that reference is. I mean, I'm not against solar. I love solar. I tried solar. Um, I tried to do solar lighting around our yard and for the life of me, I can't get an, get enough, um, uh, sunlight through the trees for them to work more than maybe two hours at night. They work a little bit more in the wintertime probably because they'll get a little more light with the leaves off the trees. So solar is so subjective in areas like where I'm at in Georgia or any area of the country that has a lot of trees, probably in areas where there's not a lot of trees, it may be wonderful. And if you go around and say, well, we need to get rid of some of the trees so we, so you can get the sunlight. Well, Hey folks, if you're going to talk about, uh, saving the earth and all that stuff, uh, we might want to hang on to the trees. That's a scientific fact. But anyway, that's, that's item number 14. Americans to get 40% of their energy from wind, solar, and other unreliable forms. Well, I won't be having any windmills in the yard. I can, I can pretty be pretty sure of that. So all that does is leave us solar. Number 15 includes kickbacks for the left's green energy special interest network. Five billion for environmental and climate justice blocks block grants. Five billion for environmental and climate justice block grants. Five, they're going to give grants up to five billion dollars. I mean, they've got five billion dollars to spend on giving grants. Well, who do you think they're going to go to? That's on page 377, by the way. And another 100 billion in green energy special interest subsidies, loans, and other carve outs. Number 16 gives wealthy Americans tax credits. How do you say? 222 billion in green energy tax credits will be given to those who can afford expensive electric vehicles and other green innovative products. Page eight, uh, page 1832. So I, I'm probably going to do that one night. I, I want to look at this electric car thing again. Uh, I know there's some basic electric cars that they're saying that you can get for right around, uh, $20,000, maybe 17, $18,000, but that's basically a shell with an electric motor, you know, like some of those, uh, LeCar things that we had there for a number of years. Uh, and some of these little miniature things that were a big deal about seven, eight, nine years ago. And then that kind of died out real quickly. Basically, to me, they're a death trap because if you get hit in one of those things, they, you might as well just 
bury you and the car. But I have a problem giving because you, it's common knowledge, <clears throat> people who, you know, the more affluent, uh, the millionaires, even well-to-do people, I, I would assume people making over uh, $200,000 a year, maybe buying an electric car is not a big deal for them. But if you're only making, if you're living in the poverty line, or if you're making just a little bit above there, uh, I don't see electric cars in your future, especially, you know, one with a charging station and all of that. Now they're going to give tax credits, uh, whether or not that still would be enough to allow the, the, um, some people in this country, you know, the, the, the ones who make the least amount of money, which is a large percentage of this country, by the way. Uh, if it's going to give them the ability to, to buy an electric car and get a charging station in their house, even with a tax credit. But why would you give tax credits? Uh, the, the question here would be, why do you give tax credits or proposing tax credits for people who can afford the electric cars that are already driving the electric, uh, many of the electric cars around the country now? the Teslas. Anyway, this bill, this item can be found on page 1,832. So there should be a cap, uh, a, a minimum, I guess you would, or maybe it should make a maximum on, on amount of money income that a, a home can have before they can take advantage. Well, let me rephrase that. Back up, rewind. If you make us over a certain amount of money, you should not be eligible for the tax credit because you basically don't need it. And use that money for the poorer people, the people who are really going to even have to struggle. If you're going to force this thing on American society, uh, you know you're going to have to find ways to give it to, to the people making the, the, the less amounts of money in this country because they're not going to be able to run out there and get these electric cars or at least not anything, um, <laughs> anything worthwhile. Probably be one of these that you, that requires, you know, 300, uh, AAA batteries or something like that. Number 17 furthers Democrats social justice agenda includes equity initiatives throughout the bill. And in one instance, Democrats inserted equity language into a title which should have been focusing on the maintenance of the United States cybersecurity efforts. How do you get equity into that, folks? That's on page 897. Number 18 grants amnesty for millions of illegal immigrants. House Democrats have included in their reconciliation bill a plan to grant amnesty to around 8 million illegal immigrants at a cost of around 100 billion over 10 years that would largely be spent on welfare and other entitlements. That's on page 901. Trillions more would be spent long-term on their social security and Medicare benefits. Number 19, open borders even wider. The bill would waive many grounds for immigration inadmissibility 
including infection or lack of vaccination status during a pandemic, failure to attend removal proceedings in previous immigration cases, and the previous renouncement of American citizenship. So if you've renounced your American citizenship at some point in your life, they're going to forgive you and let you come back into this country. If you said, America, stick it, well, we're going to welcome you back because that's just the kind of people we are. DHS may also waive previous convictions for human trafficking, narcotics violations, and illegal voting. Of course, illegal voting. That's on page 903. All right, increases visa limit. At least 226,000 family preference visas would be administered each year. That's on page 905. Uh, that's up. Uh, not ex- I, I think it's only 100 and something thousand right now, 105,000, something like that. So, yeah, uh, we're going to increase that. I mean, after all, it's not enough that we got a million and a half illegals coming across this border, probably approaching 2 million by the end of the year. But we want to also legally allow in another 226,000 family preference visas each year. Number 21 grants fast track green cards for those seeking middle-class careers in America. Language included in the bill exempts certain aliens from the annual green card statutory limits and has been described as a hidden pipeline for U.S. employers to flood more cheap foreign graduates into millions of middle-class careers needed by American graduates. Page 910. Okay, I've got a little more to say about this particular item in the bill. I have said for the last 20 years... One of the reasons I don't see a lot of pushback in this country from the average citizen about all the illegals that flooded across the border and come into this country, of course, nothing on the scale of what we've seen since Biden took office, but we've had this problem for years. But we've not seen a lot of pushback regarding illegals working in our country. Historically, 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 the illegals have focused more on construction and labor type jobs, if you will. So, you know, people in middle class jobs, middle management jobs, they haven't been too concerned about it because that's just that's just the poor people working out there on the construction sites. That's the carpenters and the painters and the roofers. And the landscapers and nobody else, Americans don't want to do those jobs. So we don't, we don't give a shit that they're coming over there, taking jobs away from Americans there because we can get them cheaper. I can save, you know, $60 a week, having my grass mowed. So they've been okay with it. So all you folks with that office type job, that used to not give a shit. Guess what? What this item in the bill could do is start allowing more people to come in here and compete for your jobs. To hell with the lawnmowers, to hell with the uh, uh, hammer and saw. 
We're going to come after your jobs. Oh, we'll still have the other construction too. Because these obviously going to have to be people that get some kind of college education. But they're going to be allowed to come in here and compete for your jobs. So maybe now, maybe now you'll care. Because the Democrats are wanting to open that floodgate so that young adults might have, you know, uh, from other countries can come in here. You know, they've been educated in, in, in Colombia or, or Brazil or, or uh, Panama, wherever, Costa Rica. They can come here and compete for jobs that they've never been able to compete for before. And guess what? A lot of those employers will probably take them because they'll be cheaper. You didn't care if all these cheap landscapers that are illegal took jobs from Americans that used to do those same jobs, but they couldn't afford to do it for the prices to compete with the illegal labor. But now you might care. Only in America can the government propose American citizens, taxpayers, if you will, having to foot the education bill for millions of illegals, but then allow cheaper labor from non-citizens to come into this country and compete with American workers at a higher level than they've ever been able to compete before. Maybe now some of you that never cared about illegal, illegal workers in this country in the past, it might make you stop and think. I mean, think about it. We've got, <laughs> our kids are going to college. They're getting an education so then go out there and, and, and get a, a decent job, right? In many cases. But now they're going to have to compete with people that the government's going to allow to come in here, maybe with a similar education, just probably not here in our country, and compete with you in the job market. So what are your kids going to do? Well, I guess you don't care because, you know, the government's going to pay off their loans for them anyway, and they want to make it free college. So, you know, if you don't pay for it, why, you know, tough luck, right? The more they control, the more they give you for free, the less options you're going to have in life. You need to hear that and you need to believe that. Of course, the legal, uh, Democrats want to do away with the legal tag anyway. So, <laughs> just fast track them into being full-blown American citizens uh, where they can give them some of your hard-earned tax money. And, yeah, the, you know, if they get legal jobs, they'll be paying taxes. Okay, I, I understand that. But they're breaking in line, folks. They haven't earned the right to do that. 
there should not be able to do that while there's people living in this country that are American citizens. They should be taken care of first before you allow other people to come in here and take a piece of the pie. They want to tell us that, well, we need workers. Really? I'd like to see those facts on paper. Kind of puts a lump in your throat, doesn't it? All right. This is half of the 42 items that uh, were shared by the Republican study chairman, Jim Banks, with his committee members. So I'll share the final 21 with you on my next episode of Minipod. And I just want to let you know that the next time when I share item number 22 with you, that you won't believe who in Congress wants to give a bunch of money to someone in their district. And that's in the bill, folks. And it has nothing, nothing to do with infrastructure. which many of those items don't, right? But now they're calling it human infrastructure. So we create a word so we can justify what we're wanting to do. All right. I appreciate you taking the time to listen and download this episode of Trice Talk Mini Pod. Please, if you like what you heard, be sure to hit that follow button. And if you were offended or want to comment on anything that I said tonight, please feel free to email me at tricetalk69pts at gmail.com. And to encourage our listeners to email us with comments, one lucky listener who emails comments about tonight's show, you will have a chance to receive a copy of Mark Levin's new book, American Marxism. We will be choosing the best email from the ones we receive, and it doesn't mean that you have to suck up to win. You might be chosen the winner even if you have some firm advice for Trice Talk. But please, keep it clean and make it constructive. I know that's hard to do sometimes, right? (laughs) All right, until next time. I'm Donald Wayne. Stay safe, everybody.